Hi, this is Brendan Davis from Bedrock Games and the Bedrock Blog, and I'm here with Adam and Joel for another episode of the Horror Express. And tonight we're talking about the original movie Alien from, what is it, 1979 this came out? The Ridley Scott film. Um, And obviously starring Sigourney Weaver. It's a classic. I don't know, do we need to tell people what Alien is about? Is this one of these things that everybody knows and we don't even need to go into any detail? Well, I mean, like... I, I I feel like doing a little quick plot synopsis, sure, but I mean, like people know what happens in this movie. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they they follow a distress signal after awakening from some kind of hibernation on this like towing vessel. Yeah, the and, Nostromo. Yeah, the Nostromo, and they 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 follow the signal and they you know, they find these eggs. John Hurt's character gets a uh, a face hugger to the face, and uh, you know, and then. Uh, uh, an alien gets implanted in his body. It explodes through his chest, and then it proceeds to to grow in the shadows and stalk members of the crew as they try to contend with that. And the fact that the android on the ship is working with the company back home to secure the alien as a sample and really doesn't care about the life of the crew at all. So um, you know, and 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 it, it ends with quite a bang. So. Uh, so yeah, so, well, I don't know, why don't you, the only remaining person blows up the ship and escapes, it's quite a bang indeed. Well, that, but also just, I I just, the, 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 the the scene where she, she blows the thing out of the ship and the way that it's done, I don't know, I just, uh, it's, it's one of the more memorable science fiction endings, in my opinion. Um, but so, yeah, so why don't you guys talk about. I don't know your experiences with Alien, your your thoughts on it before we get into the deeper issues. What was the first time you saw this movie, Adam? Ah, uh, in the mid '80s, I, around the time Aliens came out, actually was when I saw it. Uh, yeah, so that was probably it was probably about a about a year before I, Aliens came out, which was '86. I think. Yeah, that was '86, I believe. Cool. Mm-hmm. That was the year I was born. Do you feel old now? <laughs> Yeah, I always feel old. <laughs> I always feel old. Yeah. So, but Joel, that's all. You know, it you... makes you feel better. I I saw this movie about five years after you did. So. Okay. <laughs> yeah, this movie this movie did loom large in my mind as a child because at one of my early birthday parties, someone got me the uh, giant sized alien jigsaw puzzle, which mm. was this this grotesque illustration poster kind of thing with the alien and and the, this this whole you know giger-esque landscape kind of going on so i that 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 like terrified me as a small child and i kept it in my room and it was i was fascinated and disturbed by it at the same time so yeah. fascinated <laughs> and disturbed i mean like that's giger though in a nutshell yeah. and his art is so it's the dynamite that makes this movie go boom. Along with Sigourney Weaver, who is also fantastic. Yeah, Sigourney Weaver um, is, I think, the best thing in the movie, personally. Yeah. Um, well, it's it's hard to pick a best thing. Like, there's really good casting in this. Uh, there's beautiful, obviously 2001-inspired shots yeah. of the out external spaceship. And there's a little Star Wars in there, too. Um I love I love the way this 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 movie too the design of the ship for example it just straddles that line between being really beautiful design work at the same time while still being gritty it like manages to do both mm-hmm. at the well, same time which you don't often yeah, see Yeah it's well Blade Runner did that too famously well, yeah. or infamously yeah. depending on your your but even Star Wars kind of did that 
like the, oh, Star the, Wars the did look it too, of it. but once again, these are but, all exceptions. <laughs> but here's the here's the thing I think that's different about Alien. Both yeah. Blade Runner and Star Wars are a little bit dated when you look at them. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Alien, I was paying very close attention to just the way people look, the way everything in the this could have come out, you know, eight years ago. And oh, yeah. I think it, you know what I mean? Like just the, 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 the way it was shot, the way the ship looked, everything felt fairly, uh, you don't, you don't think so? I, I, I would disagree. I okay. mean, there are all things I like about the movie that I'm about mm-hmm. to bring up, but I mean, this movie, the pacing of the beginning of this movie, no movie. No, the pacing, like I, I would agree with you hundred percent on that. Now, I wanted to talk about that. Okay. In fact, let me write down that. Because uh, the pacing uh, was something I noticed. So I love but the pacing. I'm not talking. Movie, I'm not talking about the like, pacing. I'm talking about the, the way look, the way right? the way people move through the ship, like the way that it goes. It's like that oh, okay. is. It's almost like this is on the modern. Like this is when things started to go in this direction. Yeah. Like, do you know okay, what I'm saying? I'll agree with that. Yeah. yeah so yeah, so yeah. it's like so like when they go into a room in a ship. It's not like the camera is just looking at all the crew members in the room in the ship. Do you know what I mean? It's like yeah, it's you, it's angled like it's kind of having to be wedged uncomfortably in this cramped internal environment. So yeah. yeah. By yeah. the way, I love that you could basically make a dungeon, and they do kind of make a D and D esque dungeon out of this ship, Mastromo. Yeah, I love that. This was actually, if we're gonna talk games in the uh, in the black box set for Ravenloft, one of the adventure seeds that they suggested was basically this plot line where somebody in the party (laughs) gets impregnated by some kind of supernatural creature, and then it starts to grow in the shadows and change shape over time, and as it attacks, I think every '80s RPG had an adventure that was based on Alien, Aliens, and Predator at some point. It was just like if if you could conceivably work it into your rpg there would be an adventure based on those movies yeah, yeah I agree. Well, and infamously Maybe the uh, games workshop. Too. But, and infamously games workshop made like the alien army the tyranids so they also made the terminator army the the necrons so to be fair yep. they're pretty yep. shameless but i think the overall look is fairly timeless like it doesn't it's not like when i watch star wars and i'm like look at that scruffy oh. hair look at the that white <laughs> white white starship look Look at all, like, everything just kind of looks like it would blend in with the scenery from today. The pacing we should definitely get to in a moment, because that's definitely a thing. Well, we, um, I think we could talk about the pacing well, right now. We're talking I, about the imagery of the movie a lot. I, and I, I think that... I want to talk about that, but there's one other issue I want to raise, which is the dialogue. Um, the, the dialogue is really good. <laughs> and and, and it's, it's striking, because the, it's... It, for number one, does that, do either of you guys know if there was a lot of ad-libbing? in this movie there was there was okay a lot of the scenes were were improvised they feels that way a lot the dinner scene actually where the where the stomach bursting happened that was actually pretty improvised from what i heard too and and apparently some of the cast didn't even know completely what was going to happen that's what i heard yeah yeah i heard that too and i i've heard it enough that it's one of those things where i'm not sure how much truth is that's why i'm reserved in saying it but i i heard the same thing but it's but, also uh, low key, like like it's very subdued. The dialogue, like there's something about the volume level, feels different than it is in a lot of other movies, and it makes it feel almost more like I'm aboard the kind of ship that it is. Do you know what I mean? Well, another thing, I you know, getting back to the direction of it too, it's the because this relates to the dialogue is that 
the movie it, it doesn't it doesn't guide you like a lot of movies kind of push you it's like you mm -hmm. don't like sigourney weaver is the character who's going to survive you can watch the first 45 minutes of it and there's nothing for you to pick her out as the main yes, character of this yes story. not That's at all yeah. i'd say even for the first half hour she's barely even in it for the first half hour the, the only inkling you get i think is that scene in the the bottom level of the ship when she's talking with the two with parker and I forget the other guy, but the one that always says right. Um, yeah. And she, and she says, go fuck yourself. And she shows a little bit of spunk. That's yeah. kind of the, that's like maybe the one moment where it's like, oh, maybe, maybe, you know, but, but yeah, I agree with you a hundred percent. And also it's like, there's a lot of very, there's everybody's kind of a viable candidate for that. Survival. They are. The, yeah. Cause and, and, and like no one the had to be people last making this movie it's like she's the one who puts her foot down early on it's like i'm not gonna let you guys yeah. back on the ship sorry court and it's like yep. in a lot of movies that could be an indication she oh yeah. she's the one who's who's just willing to let people die you know so it, it yeah. can go either way yeah it's, it's funny and obviously that's like became a meme during the shutdowns if we break quarantine we could all die <laughs> yeah you know, know. but uh but, i know but um, <laughs> but yeah, no, that is true because in a, in another movie, the person who's sort of like heartlessly following the regulations and allows the crew member to yeah. die is usually like the, the uptight stiff or the person who's like misguided somehow. And it takes like the sort of more Captain Kirk style person to be like, you know, screw the regulations. We're going to save this guy's yeah. life. And and this Tom movie's Garrett's character. Yeah. He's the one who's, who's he's the captain and yeah. he's like just going to cavalierly let him in. Yeah. And, uh, and not let him in. He's easily locked out. But, and you know, whatever. and obviously this is a movie where there were many, there were many steps where they should have been more careful following those kinds of procedures. Um, well, I I have to say, people, I I I don't know if I should go down this road, but you know, people <laughs> knock on Prometheus for people being careless in that movie, and I'm like, wasn't Alien about yeah. people being careless, and and they weren't some weird rich person's party boat <laughs> no and that, yeah. well and i haven't seen prometheus i actually have not seen the new oh, really? yeah, yeah no i haven't oh, i haven't God. okay you I will have that complaint about prometheus i didn't i didn't remember. want to ruin i did alien and aliens are so good and alien 3 and then all the stuff that came after kind of you know oh prometheus has nothing to do with alien at all so you won't be disappointed not really yeah okay yeah, that's what that now I'm even more confused by it. So, you know, uh, <laughs> oh, trust me, you're joining the legions of people that have been totally baffled by that movie. Okay. Um, yeah, I, it's what I, I, I actually become a love like to hate the movie, movie overall, but there's there are a lot of weird things about it. I, um, well, I, I love uh, to hate I, it, and I, I love some of the ideas they had in it. Like, I actually really people razz on the scene where the ship is rolling at them and they run in a straight line away from the ship that's rolling at them instead of going to either direction. But I sort of love that scene. Well, my point being too, that it's, it is a ship. They're acting like it's like a car or something. It's, it's a huge spaceship. I mean, we know how big those ships are from the movie we just yeah. saw. It's like, it wouldn't have made a difference either way. Like going, yeah. <laughs> I, I don't, I don't think she could have gone far enough sideways in that well time. right and who says it doesn't list to the side or something yeah like, yeah, yeah 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 not that i've seen so, the scene I, but uh i think well, I, I think i follow you this so yeah. I, I am i i i consciously blocked out 
all that. Like I didn't, I didn't want to participate in Prometheus when it, uh, when it came. You are, you are an athlete of the alien. Yeah. I kind of admire that. Yeah. Prometheus denier. Yeah, a pre- Prometheus, Prometheus denier. denier. <laughs> uh, well, okay. So at the point that Prometheus came out, I had already seen Alien versus Predator and its sequel. So I was like, whatever. I don't okay. even care anymore. Well, this is injected into my way eye. Deeper in this franchise than I I'll, am. I'll, so. I'll put it this way: I'm going to see the new Bill and Ted movie before I see Prometheus. That is the order in which. Uh, is know, that is that like a cold day in hell reference? No, or you're actually going to watch. Bill and Ted? <laughs> I'm going to. Oh, I'm definitely watching Bill and Ted. Bill and Ted is something that okay. I'm definitely planning to watch. But this will. Yeah, but Prometheus will be that. way down on that list of things that I need to need to see. Oh. Um, oh. You know, of like culturally resurrected material. That, you know. <laughs> um, but uh, but so let's talk about the pacing because last night I was a little lethargic and I was like, okay, I'm going to sit down and watch Alien for tomorrow. And it's been, I think. Actually, I should say, because we, we normally tell people what our backgrounds are with the, the movies. I saw mm-hmm. Alien after Aliens. I saw it. Um, uh, I saw, Aliens was actually Alien. the first like R-rated or adult uh, science fiction movie that I ever saw. My dad let me stay up late one night on HBO, and it was like a big deal. So Aliens is like this, yeah. you know. Um, that well, was, that was the first movie, R-rated yeah. movie I saw in the theater, too. It was like yeah. a friend of mine's like, let's go see Aliens. I'm like, but it's R. He's like, they don't care <laughs> i was like really <laughs> i went and saw aliens and it was amazing yeah so i, love I... your impression of your younger self that's really charming <laughs> really gee <laughs> colors that's how we talked back then joel that was the uh, uh you know, I was, I was we all so sounded weird. like opie uh, you know uh... <laughs> <laughs> well just beef i don't know if we should sneak yeah. in and watch aliens <laughs> it was a different age but um but but the good thing about watching Alien after Aliens is Aliens kind of create such mystery around what happened on the Nostromo because R- oh, Ripley is found and she talks about all these things that happened and even though you you become familiar with like the danger that the aliens pose and you and you if you didn't watch Alien when it came out you're never going to have the experience I think that the movie intended you to have which is no. that you know that surprise when the alien pops out of his chest things like that. Um, yeah, as I thought about 85, I'd, I'd absorbed a lot of information yeah. about this movie before I saw it. <laughs> so so I think, you know, watching Aliens first was kind of good as a result because there was still at least, well, what happened aboard the Nostromo? Like, why was she, you know, why was she so shaken by all these events? You know, and and yeah. and and and, uh, and and then when you go and see Alien, they're so different that they can that they're, you know, that, that Alien was great in its own way and aliens was great in its own way. And it wasn't like one took away from the other. Um, but it's such a good movie that I try not to overwatch it. So I think the last time I watched it again was around 2007. I think I sat down and rewatched all the alien movies. And to me, all the alien movies is just alien one through three and three is a heaping pile of garbage, but I'll watch it because, you know, you know, uh, I, I, I always want, I always want to, hold out hope that I'll have a different opinion of it this time around. Do you know what I mean? I, I don't have it. that negative opinion, but I, I don't have any particular well, love for it either. I'll, I'll I'm t- just like, hmm. I can, I've just never been able to get over the fact that they undercut the successes that she gets in the second movie. Ah, you know I mean? Okay. That's, that's the part that is really unsatisfying. Here's, here's they, they really my Johnson did. Uh, well, my feeling is the alien like alien was a very arbitrary universe where people died for no good reason yeah. 
And Aliens was undercutting the Alien franchise by making a movie where someone has a character arc about losing their child and gaining a new child Mm -hmm. and getting a a life lesson about motherhood. And then Alien 3, which isn't that great, but it does go back to the original Alien mode of, yeah, it doesn't matter who you are, you can die. I suppose, but like to have it just happen at the start <laughs> of the movie. No God, but there like, are alien monsters. If if they wanted to kill Newt, for example, they could have done it midway through the movie, and it would have been more powerful, right? Well, she was. Yeah. This was years later. This was yeah. like five years later. They couldn't have brought Newt back. Well, they, oh, they could have had a different out. actress player or something. You know what I mean? Like there would have been workarounds. But no, I understand. I understand that they couldn't get the same actress to do it. Obviously, unless unless yeah. they had like a breach in her um, uh, hibernation unit. That cause her to age five years. That might, have, you know. <laughs> um, yeah, you could have, you could have written it. That yeah, way. yeah, there you um, go. Uh, but so, wouldn't so, that have been yeah. even better? She's like, I've been waiting five years for you to wake up, and oh god, I'm dead now. Uh, <laughs> that would have been amazing. Well, that it's like the uh, Planet of the Apes lot, thing, where the where one of the women, the the yeah. woman's chamber gets a crack and she ends up dying. Right, so. Um, yeah. Or, or like in the Thundercats, where Lionel's chamber gets to malfunction, so he becomes an adult, whereas uh, his two erstwhile companions remain children. Your Thundercats lore is exceptional. Was that from the original cartoon show? It, that it is, and it's from like the second episode. So. Okay, I, spin, I, I mean, what, what I used to love that show as a kid, episode, but uh, I, I forgot all about second. that. Thundercats conversation I've been in this week and I've never even seen an episode thunder, of Thunder 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 Th- Thundercats Thundercats was a really good show like um, among the shows that yeah among the shows that we were offered at the time it was a really good it's, show it's one of those things those those years I spent in the Middle East as a child deprived me of was any any knowledge <laughs> no, of Thundercats, Thundercats. They, they didn't yeah. make it through the 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 censors in the country the Thundercats Chitara uh, was probably too racy to to get on that's onto the, right that's yeah. right Everyone yes. was wearing a thong and i know we, we watched a lot they had a lot of betty boop cartoons in kuwait so she's pretty racy that's so. true but i th- i feel yeah. like she's unrealistic enough that she could probably slide through the radar <laughs> chitara was definitely yeah, on the money huh yeah yeah chitara <laughs> would have been too realistic i think um uh, but uh the pacing so the pacing i i sat down to watch this again last night and I actually got a little bit bored. And I was like, I got to watch this tomorrow because I'm too tired. And like, yeah, like it's it, not a good sleepy movie. Yeah. Definitely. <laughs> so then, so then I sat down today again and rewatched it. And I was like, okay, this is now, now I remember why I like this movie. So it was a good thing yeah. that I did that. But the pacing is definitely mega slow. It's 2001 slow almost. Like that's maybe not it quite is. that bad. And the, well, but it, it is, and the imagery is very 2001 in the first half of the movie. Yeah, so I, I think agree. they were trying to, to to like lull you into like, oh, it's going to be kind of a space opera thing. No, no, it's not. <laughs> when you get to the Giger ship, that shit gets real fast. Well, it's great because it is very space opera at the same time that it's this very modern for the time horror movie that's one of the things i like it really does feel like it's got that greediness of the better like 19 kind of 50s and 60s science fiction about crews in space doing things yeah it's got that whole authentic old school science fiction feel while still being this really modern horror movie at the same time yeah uh, yeah and i do have to say that when you see the captain go into the chamber where he talks to mother that to me was like the most two thousand one moment in yeah. the movie. The way that that yeah you know, that that was a very Kubrick like shot. I thought um, yeah yeah and, and that's that's 
Oh, go ahead. Oh no, no, I just I, so I, I definitely get what, what what Joel was saying there, and I definitely I agree with you, Adam. I, I especially with stuff like the buttons and the sounds and just the way, like just the the clicks and, mm-hmm. and even down to like the containers they use for the food when they're eating. Do you know what I mean? And drinking the coffee, something about all that feels very, like, I don't industrial's the wrong word maybe, but just it just well, it, it feels very blue collar, you know. Yeah. It feels like these guys are on their lunch break from their factory job, and yeah. I love yeah. that. Yeah, so authentic. Yeah, 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 well, yeah. that's what I. That's actually, I think that's what I'm getting at when saying it reminds me of a lot of '50s, '60s type science fiction because a lot of those were written by guys who served in World War II or something like that. When they write, when they write stuff about being on the crew of a ship or something, they're kind of drawing on yeah. us. authenticity that a lot of other writers have not had and so yeah it's that 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 actually fits perfectly and uh and so yeah i think uh yeah it's 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 very believable in that sense um but like the like it's just like when i think back on the movie i just never remember it being paced so slowly and then you see it and it's like well this is really (laughs) a very slow introduction like we're 30 minutes in and i don't think anything's happened yet right like it's it's well that's yeah, I haven't watched it in 10 years myself. And I think that's what's... This movie is more rewatchable to me than Aliens, yeah. actually. Because, yeah. a, a, you know, Aliens, the first time you watch it, it's just this roller coaster. It's yeah. just amazing. <laughs> I, I think it's a fantastic movie. Whereas this movie is rewatchable so much because it's not as tight and focused. Mm. And, you know, I mean, it's not a blockbuster movie. Yeah, so, yeah. There's a lot of things you forget between watching it. There's all these little quiet character moments and stuff yeah. that just they're they're important and you enjoy them, but they don't stick with you. So when you go and watch it again, you're like, oh, yeah, I kind of forgot about this whole thing about them wanting the extra share, getting a full share instead of a <laughs> yeah. half share. And, yeah, and they, <laughs> they talk about that a lot and use it as a motivating point a lot. Yeah. Go, going off the little moments, I think what about the, the thing about this movie that strikes me in regard to the pacing is that it never felt at any point like it was for me, right? I felt like I was just some fucking stowaway on the Nostromo and just yeah. kind of <laughs> witnessing what happened. And yeah. I was like, every time I watch it, I, I just, I enter the universe and I don't know, there's something that's very unmovie about this movie. And I, mm-hmm. I love it. I love that they could do that. And it makes whatever the alien does show up, well, it makes it that much more jarring and horrific. I think yeah. I think what it is is it's a little bit like a hangout movie where you're hanging out with the characters on the ship. Do you know what I mean? And that's yeah. the attraction. And the thing that makes it fun is that you want to be on the ship with these characters and kind of peeking into their world. It's like to, just to take it to Aliens. Like I kind of agree with Adam about what he just said. Like I think Aliens is a great movie, and I, it's, it holds a yeah. special place for me. But my but when I'm I really watch it, off his negative yeah. against it in this podcast, but, but it's, it's awesome. <laughs> but my favorite part of Aliens is the hangout sequences, which is when she's oh, re- yeah, like... rescued and she's you know given her quarters, and then when they're with the Marines in like the mess hall and stuff like that. But then once Those the action are kicks fun in, fun as hell. No, they're they're a lot of fun. They're, it's just, I don't know. Just, the hangout scenes are great, but then when the action kicks in, then it's kind of like oh, okay. Now we're into like the beats that we. It just kind of it, it loses a little bit of something at that point. Um, and this movie feels well, the whole way through, even during the action sequences, like it retains that uh, something about the pacing and the way that they develop the characters. That's all retained. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I... 
they really do a good job of making the character solid in your mind so that whenever they first start going after the alien and like they're kind of rolling their eyes at the idea or they don't really know what they're up against those moments before they get really terrified where they're just like oh this is nothing what what this is a little alien that bursts out of this guy's chest we will find it and won't be a big deal then they get devoured and like there's something about it there's something about it that's so real like you can just imagine like being with your stupid co-workers and being like okay he died so your task is to look at this quadrant and find this thing and just have them like just screw off and go drink beer instead or something. And like, that's ah, it's so true to life. And there's something that's so, so shockingly real about it. And it contrasts so beautifully with the unreality, like the nightmare reality of the alien, which I, God, I love this monster design. We got into the monster design too. We'll, like, we'll definitely get into that. Up. Um, well, I also think that stuff like them mentioning the pay, that is mm. important for remember. Like when Parker keeps saying that, when he becomes important as a character, you remember him because he's been, he keeps piping up every time, you know, like it, yeah. it, it's, it's, it, and a lot of the characters do that sort of thing. They kind of, they make themselves known to you so that when they become important later on, it's, uh, you know, yeah, you have an idea for their personality. Yeah. You know? What motivates this guy? What's he like? What's his sense of humor about? And, and you know, because they've been fucking with each other the whole time. It's beautiful. Also, Parker made really sold me on the coffee for some reason. Something about the scene where he says, "Let me <laughs> finish my coffee." Yeah, I, I, I was, I was like, every time I see it, I'm like, I really want to know what that coffee tastes like. Like, like, because because that could mean so many things. It could mean this is good for space coffee, right? Like, this is yeah. like yeah. this is like high grade Folgers or something. Do you know what I mean? Or it could mean like this is like starbucks or their equivalent of starbucks you know and so i'm just curious what you know if it's that they got really high grade coffee onto the ship or if it's just they've nailed they've nailed the whole <laughs> sort of instant coffee for space thing i'm gonna say too i i watching it this time made me think of the expanse which i've been watching that series i haven't read the books but in in that they they get a hold of a spaceship at one point and they you know and the thing they're amazed about they've got a coffee maker on it and they spend so much time and i'm like it's like is that now i think about it is that an alien reference having that or but uh yeah. and uh and i guess speaking of references one of uh one character I, I want to talk about before we forget, and I kind of want to tie it to Joel's discussion about 2001, is Ash. Because he kind of he kind of takes up the Hal role here a little bit. He you does. Know what I mean? mm-hmm. um, yeah, I got some very Hal vibes on yeah. the rewatch from but, that. I was like, oh, really? But he's a stealth Hal, because you're not supposed to know that. I mean, we know, we know, but like, yeah. the, you know, people watching the movie when it came out weren't supposed to know that he was an android or a robot. What, what are they called in the yeah. Alien universe? They called robots or they called androids? Or they even... I think they're, I think they're androids. But yeah, I want to uh, say android because okay. they're humanoid. But you know, I, they bleed God. milk. Basically, they bleed milk. Yeah, That's like the milk. big thing that makes them different. Um, and I think they I, the, like they, they, they don't do have like, robot parts though. inside. They what? Well, they have like robot. They don't have robot parts inside. They have like this weird plastic tubing with nodules and stuff. They're yeah. horrible inside. I hate it. It, well, at one I point he's it. kind of like jumping up and down and kind of shivering because he's cold too so it's like they are they're androids but they're these biological androids is the impression i get yeah and he looked agitated at times too so it's like it looks like he feels yeah. emotion and all these things um but i thought it was just number, number one ian holm in this movie is 
perfect for that role because he looks kind of like a big baby to me. Do you know what I mean? There's something about him that he just kind of. Did, did, am I insane no, to think no, that? You, you, you nailed it. He looks like a big baby. Yeah. I agree. Yeah, he's got like a. And also, there's like. But when he goes crazy, it makes him more ferocious and terrifying. But it also ties him into like the. You know, the ship's called Mother, so it ties into the motherhood thing. He bleeds yeah. milk. There, it just seamlessly fits into a lot of the themes. Um, but, but I don't know. I, I just am curious what you guys thoughts on on ashar as a character and on his behavior in this ship because ripley i feel like ripley gets the last word in aliens on him but whenever i go back and rewatch alien i have a slightly different take than her i think on what was going on do you know what i mean like it's i think it later it becomes described as a malfunction but it doesn't really seem like a malfunction to me no he was um, I, he was yeah. He's got the howl. He's he's almost exactly howl, right? Because he yeah. was programmed by Will and Yutani to make sure that alien got on board so they could get it back to Earth and use it for whatever nefarious purpose they'd envisioned for it. So, like, and in in attempting to do that, there's something that's screwing with him because, like, he doesn't go about his duties in a way that's perfectly rational and logical like a robot yeah. would do. He rolls up a magazine and tries to force it down someone's mouth to kill them. That's, yeah. like, the least effective way he could think of to kill anyone, you know? <laughs> so, so, like, it's not as though... I he's struggling with the I purpose. I think of 16 has. other ways to kill someone with a magazine that would be much more effective. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know what, yeah, that, that, that is a really, I, I think they were just going for phallic imagery maybe in that scene. But well, like, I mean, there's I that, that too. Yeah. But again, this movie isn't made just for its audience. Like yeah. it has its own internal reality too. And yeah. so I think that on that level is communicating to us that he doesn't know how to do what he's been ordered to do. Mm. And much like how, he's breaking down because of it. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like, I feel like basically it is a case. If he has all these standard, the standard programming. And basically when this signal went out that redirected the ship, he got this additional layer of programming to get any alien life hmm. back. And it's, yeah, it's, and he's going Robocop it's messed him up somehow. It. What was that? Maybe he's feeling he's guilt. All Robocop too. Yeah, he might be. Maybe it's yeah, guilt. It's possible. Yeah. I mean, well, if he, like I said, if it's, if his base programming, so to speak, does allow for some kind of empathy or needing to take look after people, it's it would screw him up to have this other thing going on. Yeah, and like he seems shady and just untrustworthy through the whole movie up to that point. But when they turn his head back on after he, you know, falls apart, <laughs> um, he helps. He just tells him the truth. I mean, I think they're the, the we're supposed to read from that that he's getting directly programmed by them, but like Whatever agency he has, he uses it to their benefit. So there is that. Mm -hmm. But uh, but yeah, so I don't know. He's an interesting character, though, and I, I like I like Ian Holmes' it's performance because, like, like you said, like the shivering, the things like there's just a mm. lot of little things he does that you're like, you kind of want to know more about how these androids work when you see him do well, that. More uh, and less. I, I will say, the first time I saw this movie, his falling apart was more disturbing to me than the alien chestburster scene because like his head like flops back and there's yeah. like milk and gunk spurting yeah. everywhere. And it was just the most nightmarish thing I'd ever seen as a five-year-old child. The um, fact that also, it, yeah, just the fact that it's not this. wires is also disturbing, right? Like just the it fact. Is. Yeah. 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 No, the first time I saw this that I said, I said a lot of it had been spoiled for me by the time I saw it, but I actually didn't know Ash was an Android. So oh, I did okay. get the pleasure of, of being being surprised by that. Yeah, somehow 
and all the, the you know the recess discussions for, with other kids that never came up. So well, I think I I think I knew because of aliens. I think that was how I was okay. aware of it. Um, well, I, no, I, yeah, she, I saw this because the whole thing in Aliens where she yeah. and she doesn't trust Bishop. Oh, because, of course, yep. of course, yeah. So you're telling me as a young man you were pretty gullible, huh, Adam? <laughs> I was very gullible. Oh, I I will not deny that. I was uh, I was gullible time. too. I was gullible too. Speaking uh, of gullible, you know what I didn't notice in any other viewing of this movie until this most recent viewing? I, I watch this movie every year, sometimes twice a year. I love this movie. Um, they don't know how to track a camera back without hitting stuff. They do that in two different scenes in this movie, and I never noticed oh, really? it before. Well, really? they do it in that they do it in the ash scene. When it pulls back, the camera it hits something and it like jiggles. <laughs> I didn't notice. It's that. like <laughs> but before that, like in the long tracking scene where it's hmm. before they wake up and it's just going through the Nostromo, they hit something they they like hit one of the helmets and it wiggles and it keeps <laughs> maybe, wiggling as they track maybe, back and they just keep that shot maybe maybe, maybe it's maybe it's it's an because it's an american i'm sorry it's a, it's a british director making an american movie basically he's used to working in metric and the uh american cameras work in the uh you know imperial system so all his oh, calculations maybe. on camera or, or we're supposed I to be like the eighth the eighth crew member of the ship yeah. <laughs> yeah, it feels well, okay. In both cases, it feels like we personally are the one whacking something as we backpedal frantically. So that might have been deliberate. It's then possible it's a it's a deliberate choice. I wonder because I mean, since he is such a technical director, it doesn't it doesn't conceivably yeah. seem like something he would do by mistake. Well, and also, I don't know. also, so it's many of these really tracking weird. shots are so smooth. It's kind of surprising that mm -hmm. that would be you know so. Yeah, but rewatch that. Rewatch that first long tracking shot. He whacks a helmet and like it. It's hit really hard, mm. and then it wobbles, and I just completely blanked that out of my memory on every other viewing. So <laughs> it could also just be that it was 1979. They're like, who's gonna you know notice that? And they're not gonna you know rewind wasn't well, really a the thing. thing is, so it sort of really wasn't noticeable in any other viewing because I barely noticed it this time. No, because uh, the camera no, had something. Was... And there's this, this audible thunk, and then it keeps panning back, and you see this this like helmet. If there was an audible thunk, it was probably deliberate because I would imagine that that would have been a sound effect they added. If you heard no, thunk. no, it's 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 got to be. It sounds. I, I'm convinced. I'm convinced that it was a mistake, and I don't know how. Okay. Okay. Well, I'm <laughs> so, sure. I'm sure the internet might have some theories if we uh, look it up at some point. I don't, I don't um, want to look it up right now. Uh, <laughs> I want to keep talking about Alien, this movie rules. So, well, I know you wanted to talk about the... I just called this the feminine horror conver uh, inversion. The thing before the podcast, you were talking about how uh, this movie was intended to make men feel afraid about things that women are traditionally afraid about. Um, well, I mean, okay, so... And I, I, I had never thought about it like that before. But if you look at this movie... There is a vaginal ovary monster that face rapes someone and impregnates a man yeah. with a monster that he can't control growing inside of them that violently erupts from his body doing irreparable, yeah. irreversible damage to him. That's that's a rape metaphor. It's un, like there's no way to misinterpret what that's about. But yeah. rape happening, it, it made rape happen to a man in a way that it just... It, it is physically impossible for it to happen to a man because we can't get pregnant in that way or anything. And it does so in a way that's both subliminal but still unmistakable. And it I, I've, I've yet to fail to get the heebie-jeebies from watching the, any of the scenes I just described. It's such a... I mean, it's like... Such a, a, 
inversion of the typical gendering of that body horror and it's yeah. beautifully done yeah because what you're saying because i mean obviously men can get raped but like they don't have the they don't have the pregnancy factor and yeah and yeah that, that part of the downplay that men are the, are the victims of sexual assault that that happens but like we can't get pregnant uh well and that's interesting because like the film is loaded with with egg imagery do you know what I mean? Even mm-hmm. the even like that room where he's talking and mother. The ship's called Mother. She's not, yeah. You know that's an odd choice for a, a ship computer. Yeah. And the and the, but the room where the captain sits looks like an egg to me. A lot of the portion, mm-hmm. like the the individual rooms, are kind of egg like, and and the even the doors well, they even kind of, of emerge from eggs in the beginning. Yeah, you know, everything. Yeah, it's all yeah. over this movie. Yeah, the, the, there's just a lot of like birthing and egg imagery. I guess ovary imagery would be more accurate. Um, mm-hmm. So you know, I, I think that I think that you definitely are right about all that. Um, and I mean, it's it's I mean that's absolutely what it is. Like it's a it's a it's a it's a weird form of pregnancy basically that kills you. Uh, well, we even the... refer to it as it being impregnated by yeah. a face hugger, and that's really what it is. Um, is this alien? It's hostile alien parasite forces itself onto you, and you can't remove it. You have yeah. to. You just have to let it finish. Uh, it's yeah. blood is made of acid. It'll choke you to death if yeah. anyone try. I mean, your buddies try to help you. Um, then no, yeah, and it's that's... still terrifying. Like you still watch this, and it's still really unnerving when that thing is on his face. That's a. You know, it's it, it's it's not a. It's such a violation of the human form, and it, it brings forth the awful violence of the act. God, I I love it. I I love how brilliantly designed that is. And and you're right, calling back to to mother and the milk inside the android and the incessant egg imagery and fallopian imagery in this movie and you know think about it when you're watching it you know you see the spaceship and you see the alien monsters and you see the creepy gunk inside of the of the android and it doesn't really click until you let the horror fester for a while and seep into your subconscious oh it's great it's definitely effective and i think on the other end of it too is this you know the the whole sigourney weaver is like the you know like the female you know, lead character here where she's, I mean, she's become like when people talk about like strong female characters, she's like number one on the list usually. Right. Like, mm-hmm. you know, maybe her or Sarah Connor maybe is number two, but Sarah Connor, in my opinion, is really just kind of like a, like in the first movie, she was not Ripley. Right. It wasn't until like the yeah. second movie that she kind of became <clears throat> Ripley like. So this is, a, you know, a film where like right from the beginning, the character is already, you know, pretty, pretty uh you know well crafted and strong i would say yeah, yeah she's got a really I mean, solid identity i agree i mean yeah exactly it's not like a movie where she I mean, she doesn't even like undergo any plot arc or anything she's just this resourceful <laughs> competent person so it's yeah, there's, uh, no one really helps. has a character arc in this movie do they it's all flat no, arcs no. Which I kind of you don't like. need arcs. I mean, yeah, I, I feel like arcs are overused in movies. It's like not every character needs to learn something. It's like Ripley's <laughs> just this competent officer on a ship. That's it. <laughs> yeah, I, I would agree with that. I would agree with that. I it, it would have taken away from the movie if we had arcs. You know. Uh, yeah, like what what would Ripley have learned that would have. I don't. Like, you couldn't force a hero's journey into well, this if you tried. The only the only really... thing she could have learned was she would have had to have learned some kind of lesson about about quarantining people. Do you know what I mean? It would have to, have, to have been related she, to look, that. She's she would, the only was, one she who was knew right, that lesson. Though. No, that's what I'm saying. It, would have, it wouldn't have worked. It wouldn't have worked. Because the only yeah. lesson she could have learned was, oh, I was wrong to to let him die out there. You know, like that, that would... 
you know, so. <laughs> you know, actually, if they'd done the quarantine and the thing came out of his chest while they was outside the ship, everyone would have been like, okay, you know, actually, Ripley was right. I'm glad that he died out there yeah. instead of in here where all of us would have died along with him. Yeah. No, that's the thing. It was, it was, it was, she, she was right. Uh, she was also right about the, the warning signal because she was the one that deciphered the, the signal yep. and said it was a warning. See, and... that's, that's what's interesting in this movie is like it does do the thing of making her the person who was right all along. Yeah. But you don't know that. The first, yes. A lot of times in movies when you've got worshippers that's right all along, they hit you over the head that this person is right and you should sympathize hmm. with them. And why aren't you liking this character better than the others? In this movie, they still... They still make her the right person, but yep. they don't tip their hand. No, so and, they and, don't, and they they make her morally ambiguous, right? Because yeah. you're kind of rooting for the the quarantine to break and save the guy because he's been attacked by an alien, and you're like, "Wow, Ripley sure is cold. What a jerk!" Yeah, that's do. the thing. You, yeah, you, you could read her as mean in those scenes until until things clarify over the course of the movie. Like the yeah. you know, it's 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 it, they're, they're they're sort of they're almost banking on sort of you, you know, you know. Just kind of like not not giving her due credit. Do you know what I mean? And so I think yeah, I you think don't. Yeah. You underestimate her. Yeah. But uh, but so yeah, I, I think I, I think she's great in this movie. I think Sigourney Weaver like really kills it in this film, and I'm and she's great in all the Alien movies. But this is like you know mm -hmm. one one of the yeah, to me it's I mean obviously the directing there's a lot of stuff that holds it together, but the the Ripley I don't think it works without the Ripley character without Sigourney Weaver in that role. Um, but, uh, and also, I mean, like, you know, Sigourney Weaver is kind of physically imposing, too, and you kind of need that, too. Like, especially that last scene. Do you know what I mean? Where yeah, because she, she's know... really tall. Yeah. And, like, sturdily built. Like, she doesn't yeah. look fragile at all. No, she's and athletic. Do... She's athletic. Well, and she does, they do a lot as filmmakers to, to make her very vulnerable in the very final scene of that film, yeah. right? She's out of her armor. She's out of her clothes. She's alone in a tiny cramped space with a huge, impossible-to-kill monster and no weapons. Mm -hmm. Like, they really go out of their way to make her vulnerable. <laughs> yeah. And she still whoops its ass. God, I love it. But, uh, yeah, so the, um, uh, the other thing is, I guess, did, did we talk about H.R. Giger or did we not get into that yet? Was that something that we've... Not yet. Not... We haven't, okay. we haven't hit the yeah. Giger button yet. <laughs> we should, oh, we should, we should get, get into Giger then, I think. Um, I'm ready for the Giger button. It's, it's, I saw it's... an interview with him in the, in Yodorowsky's Dune and I'd never seen or heard the man before. Oh my God. He's, <laughs> He's an interesting like guy. Soul. He's known well, he's for like this. Albino, he's know, and he's got this crazy sounding voice. He reminds me of Chekhov from Star Wars, not Star Wars, <laughs> Star Trek, <laughs> Star Trek. <laughs> yeah, I just uh, You've blown out cred. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> what but, have you done? But uh, but he also did this Danzig album covers. He did a lot mm -hmm. of like. There's a, he's been present in a lot of different things. He was in what was that movie? Um, oh God, why can't I remember it? The one, the one about the alien woman that comes to Earth and uh, oh, uh, species, species. I mean, yeah. yeah, I think he did that Dead Kennedy uh, cover for uh, Frankenchrist too. So, which I don't think was shown. I don't. I think there are multiple covers for that. But, but uh, well, I mean, that's the thing though. He, as an artist, even before he got involved in the Hollywood scene, was revolutionary, right? Like there was something so horrifically industrial and unsettling and nightmarish about his his fusion of of man and machine and like the the dark wet like 
unnervingly sexual elements of his work were just fantastic, right? And then then to see that transposed and not just like as matte backgrounds, that too, they made a beautiful use of matte uh, in the in the scenes inside the ship, but just seeing the organic architecture that just crawled yeah. out of his mind into the architecture of the ship and the design of the navigator and like most horrifically the design of the alien itself, yeah. which is this unbelievable like corruption of the human form into something wholly horrific and nightmarish well, like a cool. living weapon ah god but what's cool about that too is how the alien blends seamlessly with the ship background like it makes it even more scary too it adds to the horror because you have this alien that can look like look like some of the pipes and stuff in the background you know what i mean like if it's yeah. if it's hiding the shadows you don't even see it you know what i mean like the scene at the end when it's uh, when when it when it when it when it reveals itself you know, it blends in perfectly. Um, yeah, and it's not like, this isn't like that it's actually blending in this sort of unbelievable way. You're looking at it yeah. as an audience member and you can't see it. Yeah. Yeah, how did they do that? How, Brendan, I ask you how. God. I don't know, I'm not a, you know, I'm not a uh, <sighs> special effects guy, but it worked, it worked. It, it uh. does work, and I think it works because of that blend of the industrial with the organic that yeah. only gear does, you know? Because um, Zdzislawski, I think is his name, is another guy that kind of does that, like the Netherlands artist, but like, there's something more biblical about his work, mm -hmm. uh, and... Geeker totally eschewed that. There's no God in the Geeker verse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just... There's, I think there's a reason he does the dancing covers and, you know, not, mm. you know, uh, you know, Creed, what would be a, uh, a, 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 a believer band. Uh, uh, oh, but man. We'll say, no, Striper. We'll say Striper. That would probably be a better, uh, better comparison. But, um, but yeah, so I don't know. Uh, what, what do you any anything else that we want to talk about before we move on to final thoughts or are we have we covered everything have we exhausted all of the well, topics i'd say one other thing I, I mean the thing that always intrigued me about this movie too is the way there's just this feeling of a larger universe like the fact that mm. they don't just find these alien eggs they find these alien eggs on this crash yes. ship this, I mean, that, that jigsaw puzzle to go back to that that obsessed me as a child. I mean, and, and the, <laughs> the kind of composite image it had, like this illustration from the movie, part of it was the room with the with the space jockey, as it's often called, yeah. you know, in the chair that that, you know, that basically and I was always like, whoa, what is that thing? You know, and I I I just always love that about this movie, the way that there's because I mean, obviously all the sequels until Prometheus, of course, but all the sequels through most of my life just dealt with the, you know, with the alien. But I, yeah. I just, I was, I was always kind of obsessed with, wow, what was going on with this whole other element of the yeah. universe? Who are these spacefaring aliens and stuff? And I, I just, I just love any movie that like lets you feel there's more going on. It's a, well, it's, God, that, that scene is so amazing. Oh, just I I love that too. I'm gonna, I'm just gonna just take a moment to agree with Adam. Anytime a movie is like, here's a huge other movie that we could have made, and here's yeah. a little iceberg tip you get to see. Yeah, enjoy. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I, yeah. I definitely agree with that. I definitely agree with that. I think that. Um... Yeah, I think one thing that tipped me off to being conscious I liked that was uh, 
back in the 80s, I heard this interview with William Gibson after Neuromancer came out. And they, they asked him about like the war that takes place in the background of Neuromancer, these references to the war, but they never explain it. He said, yeah, actually, I stole that from uh, Escape from New York because they're always talking about the war and that. They never explain the war. I thought, that's brilliant. Just having that, yeah. you know, there was a war. It just adds so much without actually giving people detail and people's imaginations just kind of spiral well, off. And that, I, I started noticing that in movies from that point on. It kind of well, crystallized. It, it seems lazy, but the fact is the human imagination will do a lot of work for you as a screenwriter. Well, as you well, can see, when like you, when you tie up everything in a bow, it just makes your universe feel small anyway. Yeah. So yeah. leaving it, it's sort of like when Star Wars Force came out and you had the Clone Wars reference. Yes. And there were these big things in your imagination. And then they filmed the Clone Wars and it started to look a lot smaller. Right. Because it's like, oh, that's yeah. what happened. OK. Um, so I, I will say I, I agree with you. I will say in defense of the Clone Wars, I rewatched that recently with my kiddos. Oh, I'm not talking Wars about the TV part. show. I'm talking about. No, no, no. I, I, Attack yeah. of the Clones. Yeah. I, okay. I rewatched that recently with my kiddos. They'd never seen Star Wars. OK. The scenes where they're actually doing the wars and there's clones are amazingly cool looking. oh i'm not so, saying uh, that they at are all. pretty well, great but what um, i'm saying is I, it's sort of like no no i i agree with you in principle because you're right it diminishes it from what it well, could have been to what it was it's like you've already imagined all these things and so all they can do is disappoint you do you know what i mean it's like they're not going to exceed yeah. this vast yeah. world that you've created in your head um, to go you know to take this tangent further too i just want to say that one thing that really impressed me during the first season of Game of Thrones, which once again I'd never read, I haven't read the books of those. I've only seen. I haven't the show. either. I haven't it's either just, seen the show though. Okay, oh, you you have seen the show. You yeah, said, but not yeah, I have. The, yeah, yeah, yeah. I I really liked the way they were always referring to past events, like you know this this civil war mm. that had happened and everything, and they never did a flashback. And I thought yeah. that is so great. You'd have <laughs> scenes of people sitting back and reminiscing about things that happened 20 years before. Yeah. And that was so much more effective to me than if they kept cutting to some actor playing a younger version of someone. Yeah. And yeah. I thought, wow, that, that was, that was such a smart move in that show. Cause when, for one thing, when you, when you have a filmed flashback to, you've made it concrete. Oh, this is what happened. Yeah, Whereas this when you have characters, what you should see. Yeah, when you have characters sitting around talking about things that happened, it's like, did that happen? What really happened during yeah. the war? I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Who were the good guys to... in this situation? That reminds me of Event Horizon. Remember the scene uh, where the guy's talking about how he escaped from the doomed aircraft and he was seeing people burning alive in zero-G fire and he was like, no. it was beautiful. I, it, it, fire moves like liquid in zero G. It was the most gorgeous thing I'd ever saw, and all of my friends were dying in it. And then they hit the button and launched me out the escape pod. It's amazing. It's mesmeric to listen to this guy talk about it. And they don't show anything. Camera just zooms in on his face as he's talking about it. You're sitting there like, oh my God, this guy's telling the story to me. So, yeah, and That's... there's nothing that they could have added image wise that would have added to that. And obviously, yeah. we're doing space horror as a theme, so hopefully, we'll get to that movie. Uh, oh yeah, we could do well. Event Horizon. Yeah. We could do Event Horizon, Adam. Mm -hmm. it's, yeah, it's I haven't seen that since it was in the. I haven't seen that since it was in the theater, so I could use a refresher watching of that. So I'm all for it. But but yeah, I I feel too. It's just like just trust the actor. It's like you know, an actor telling you a story can be really powerful. I mean, Alec Guinness in Star Wars. It's yeah. like he just he just alludes to the Clone Wars, and it just it just 
captures you in a way that a lot of times just doing a a little you know flashback scene won't yeah i i i i like how that does that and that's also one of the reasons why i didn't want to see prometheus by the way and again i don't know how much prometheus illuminates (laughs) it because i hear i hear very conflicting things but i felt like um, sometimes you don't want the answer to a question just let it be a mystery Yeah. yeah i get that yeah um and especially if if I did get an answer, I would really want it to look like Alien. I wouldn't want it to look like a modern space movie. Do you know what I mean? Like there'd be, mm. I'd need that yeah, sense of this was, fits to the. Uh, yeah, people were trying to like you know come up with their head cannon for why why is why are all the spaceships so much more advanced looking in in Prometheus? Why why does it look so fancy? And people are like, well, this is owned by the richest guy in the world, so of course it's fancier. But still, it's like eh, it doesn't also it doesn't really fit with the alien aesthetic. One, one thing I really want to comment on is how we. One thing that's refreshing when you go back to a movie like this is how having older actors and these actors are not old by any stretch but they look weathered they look like they've lived and that it's scary to me how they're starting to look younger to me now that i'm like getting close to 50 i'm like Uh, wow ian home was such a a, yeah such a such a a nice young man in this movie (laughs) but you know what i mean he look he looks he looks like that's about where he should be in life um i know and and when i I watch my biggest problem aside from rampant cg use and i hate to go on my old man screen but when i watch a newer movie set in space it's always really really young people do you know what i mean and that just bothers young young and everyone's everyone's pumped they've been lifting weights yeah yeah yes um you know i i so it just kind of it loses a level of believability for me because it's like well you wouldn't be that occupation at that age you're still working at a starbucks at that age do you know what i mean like that's yeah well it's like the new star trek it's like captain kirk becomes captain of the enterprise within six hours of having left starfleet academy yeah (laughs) i think i think cocaine might be responsible for that particular uh story (laughs) choice um you know or a lot of coffee one of the two um yeah I only yeah. drink the rest of my coffee. I only drank half of it before the podcast started. All the stock of coffee. I'm gonna have to drink coffee tonight again, just because you guys have been going on about coffee. So you know what's nuts about coffee and this movie, weirdly, is I actually just finished reading uh, The Whisper in Darkness for the first time. I've always oh. started it, never finished it, and they specifically mentioned bitter coffee, which the guy doesn't drink in that, because it turns out, uh, I found this out in the footnotes, H.P. Lovecraft liked his coffee like I do. He liked it sweet and creamy. Really? So take that, everybody. He had one redeeming quality, aside from the writing. I, well, I don't know if I'd call that redeeming, <laughs> I because I like my coffee black with no sugar. I just well, like that's it. because you don't have a soul, you weirdo. No, it's because I, I want to taste the coffee. Sugar too. No, 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 no. You, because here's the thing: if you put <laughs> cream, in, if you put cream, in, if you put cream and sugar in your coffee, you have no idea the quality level of that coffee that you're drinking okay, now. I, I, Do you know what I mean? Here's like, the thing: I have a ritual. When I make a pot of coffee, I drink the first cup black because I want to taste the coffee, oh, and then okay. I add all my tasty cream and sugar so I can have a little sweet treat. It's like okay. having a dessert oh, at the end of a meal. I respect that. That's, that's really good coffee. You should have some grit at the bottom, though. That's that's when you know you can really drink coffee. <laughs> have you ever it heard of a human finger floating in it? It's not real coffee. Have exactly. You, if, this exactly. is somewhat relevant, I suppose. Have you ever heard of mug seasoning? Of seasoning your your coffee mug? 
Do you know what that seasoning is? Seasoning your coffee mug? Ah, uh, this is beyond Okay, me. so seasoning yeah. your coffee mug is when you do not wash your coffee mug between uses. And you just let it accumulate a thick oh. layer of brown. <laughs> it's, it's called me me in my late teens, early so, 20s. But, but apparently that's a thing that they do on submarines. It's like a, on submarine vessels. That's like a, I don't know, just something they do. It's, it's part of the oh. culture. Uh, yeah. You know, so, you know, it would be interesting to see in a space movie if they incorporated that. Um, I, you know, these cups did not look seasoned to me. Uh, also, I, I, I have to wonder if, if it's uh, medically advisable to season your coffee mug. It seems like it might, uh, it might lead to potential bacterial issues if you. Uh, um, um, actually, you know what else? I just thought about this. Uh, they have gravity on their spaceship. Why would they have gravity? <laughs> There's no gravity while pulling them down. They didn't have a special effects budget to be zero gravity. Well, I know the reason, but like, it's so <laughs> weird that I never even thought about it until now. It's like also, they, I think this this movie this movie would work less well with zero G, don't you think? Like zero it would, G. yeah. Because no, no, I don't. Yeah, it would be it would be a cumbersome. I I know. I just feel like it would. It, I, it well, would they would be totally down. helpless if, ironically, it would weigh them down. But like, no, they would be totally helpless if they were in zero G against this thing. Could you imagine how much it would deflate the alien to see it kind of floating there, like, arr, arr, like trying to dog paddle? Yeah. It's just floating around. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm glad they have directional gravity for no ex- explicable reason. I mean, yeah, I, I mean, gravity is one of those things too. Where, like, in 2001, I liked the way they did it, but I don't know that I would have necessarily wanted that much work done for for gravity in a film like this. Right. Yeah. I, I'm cool with them having some bullshit excuse they don't care to tell us. Whatever. Yeah, in yeah, fact, it's probably I, they, they, yeah. they never give us a reason, right? Do they ever? Do they ever mention it or no? No, they, they, never, they ever mention gravity. They yeah. just stay completely away from it's, the top. It's probably for the best. It's probably for oh, the best yeah. that we don't get any of that. I uh, no, what's it's it's dumb. I don't see any. Most people aren't even going to question it anyway. So I never did. Didn't not until this very moment. <laughs> I mean, there's a lot of space movies do. that don't I, have... Whenever I watch a science fiction, I actually did watching the movie this time. I was thinking, yeah, they, they don't have it. I, I always think about what are the rules mm. going on here science mm. fictionally. So mm. the whole gravity issue crossed my mind this watch. Okay. Um, uh, so yeah, why don't we do par- our parting thoughts on the movie? Uh, uh, who wants to go first? Uh, it's I'll always hard to be the first one doing the... All right, I'll go, for, I'll go first. I'll go first because I right. never go first. So uh, All right. All right. I mean, again, it's alien. There's not really much that we can tell you that you don't know, probably. But, uh, but I mean, it's it's a. I, I think for all the reasons that we outlined, the stuff that Joel was saying about like the feminine body horror inversion thing. Uh, but the other st- thing that I would just say is, I think it holds up surprisingly well. The pacing mm-hmm. is obviously different. Like, one thing that this movie will do for you is you will realize you need to get the hell off the internet fast. Because you're going to notice your attention span wandering and you're going to realize what a problem it is. Uh, especially if you see an alien in the past and that was never an issue and you're watching it now and you're like, gee, my, I'm having a little trouble, you know, not looking at my iPhone. Um, this movie is definitely a lesson in, you know, just, you know, we you spend less time on the Internet. But but it holds up otherwise. And uh, and, and and again, I think I think that it's uh it's it's probably it's debatable obviously but i would say this is like the base the best space horror movie in my opinion i have a feeling joel would put one other movie ahead of this one uh if i if you know but 
but uh, but I think this is definitely up there. If you know, if you want to see space horror, this is the one to go to. Yeah, I would. Uh, uh, this is this probably is my favorite space horror movie. It's you know by the technical definition of being set actually in space. So that's you know that's eliminating all alien invasion movies, any of that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But uh, but yeah, I I, I think. Uh, the thing about this movie is it's a movie that bears rewatching a lot. I, cause I, I don't know. I, I have actually, as I've gotten older, I've gotten more and more and more patient with slow movies. Mm-hmm. I actually did find this movie fairly slow when I was a teenager, even though I liked it. Mm-hmm. But now I just, I don't know. There's just something so calming about movies that take their time and just let me look at the scenery. I mean, the opening shots of this where it's just, panning around the ship before anybody wakes up. I'm like, oh, I'm just really well, enjoying looking at these sets. It's and what, like two minutes I, before you actually, like the, the, the title yeah. of the movie takes two minutes, I think, to, to actually come Yeah. I know. And I, I, for whatever reason, I like that. But beyond that, I mean, this is just a movie where it's just naturalistic, which means there's just little things I notice in it every time I watch it. I can just focus on different characters, watch how they're interacting. I mean, during the slow buildup to the, I mean, I guess to, to make, comparing other movies reviewed on this little podcast series, I mean, the way Halloween is just, is just, you're following these, you know, teenage girls going about their day for a huge chunk of that movie without anything all that overtly scary happening, but it works. It's, yeah, it's it's got that same energy for it's me, that, and I, I really like both those movies. It's the hangout element. The hangout element is yes. there. Yeah. So I don't know. Pass the final thoughts baton to Joel here. So you're going to close this one out. We've got to make it something way cooler than a baton, though. Like it can't be a torch. That sounds too optimistic. It's got to be like a, a shin bone or something like vaguely cannibalistic. I'll gnaw on it last though. Okay, so everything you guys said, yes. Um, But also, this movie is one of those wonderful convergence points between kind of every horrible thing that I love, you know? Because, like, it's got the the brilliant artistic direction of H.R. Giger, which I cannot overstate how big of an impact that guy's horrific nightmare imagination has on this movie's impact. Uh, mm-hmm. Not just the horror impact, but just the atmospheric and alien element of it. No one thinks in a more alien way than H.R. Giger, and he is on full display here. So <laughs> I'm always super excited to watch it just to see the inside of that ship again. Ugh. But there's there's that. There's really strong um, and smart writing. Uh, we've talked about like that that feminizing inversion of body horror in this, and there's so much subtlety to that. Um, and it's so brilliant and in, in no way sacrifices the agency of the characters or their humanity or how much I like them. Even the ones that are bastards like Bishop, like I'll, I'll still love him at the end of the day. I want to see his head flip back and, and ejaculate milk everywhere. Cause it's one of my favorite scenes ever. You mean Ash, uh, Ash. Oh, is it? Yeah, oh, that's yeah. right. Bishop well, is the, the second one, isn't he? Bishop's great yeah. too. Bishop's great too. You know what? Here's the thing. I love them both for their own reasons. And I always <laughs> and I always confuse the two because they're kind of they're not the same character. You know, they're almost exactly opposites of one another, yeah. actually. Yeah, um, I definitely would rather hang out with Bishop than Ash. Questionnaires. What, what alien franchise android are you? Yeah. That's going to be my next one. <laughs> <Yeah. yet. laughs> Ooh. <laughs> 
I just don't want to be the, you the better, one from. You better pray it's Bishop. That's the only. That's the only one that you want. <laughs> to be. Nobody wants to be. Ash. I don't really want to be compared to Ash. Yeah, yeah. Like, you're a giant baby man who tries to fillet people to death. Yeah, it's it, <laughs> with a magazine. <laughs> And you're just full of milk, buddy. <laughs> just full of. I, I actually might be a, more full of milk than Bishop could be. So, yeah. all right, I'm I'm losing my train of thought here. <laughs> Sorry, didn't <laughs> mean to pacing, derail you. The, the patience, the sound design, um, the beats of this movie are perfectly put in um, with with all of that. It's beautifully immersive because of the hangout element and just the wonderful. The wonderful atmosphere they're able to build with all the diegetic sound and the big the the total absence of like any kind of recognizable soundtrack and just there's so much that draws you into this world so subtly and then violently reminds you how vulnerable human beings are i love the design of the alien that thing is such a nightmare it, it's it is it's like a living weapon and you see like the fact and the fact that it is one of three villains in this movie, because you've got Ash, you've got the alien, and then you've also got this shadowy corporation that's yeah. in control and pulling the strings, and you never really see any evidence of them directly. You always see kind of just like this nefarious black hand moving the chess pieces behind yeah. the scenes. The 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 elements of there being a broader universe between all of that and like the the space jockey scene where there's this whole, this whole other world that we're just going to have this little toe dip into. And then we're going to get dragged violently out of it. Cause we get attacked by an element of that world. And it's like, Oh my God. Okay. So I would not put event horizon above this movie. I would probably put them really close to the same tier because event horizon has a lot of flaws. It's more like Hellraiser in space, and this <laughs> yeah, is more yeah. like this is more like if Halloween event, in two thousand and one had a baby. Event Horizon could only be made in the the late nineties, I think. I don't think and there was another it's a period. Nice yeah. movie. Yeah. It's, it almost feels like the evil version of Fifth Element. Anyway, but this yeah, isn't about yeah, that's that's a really good comparison. <laughs> that's a really good comparison. <laughs> I know it is a good one, and I made it. Uh, but anyway, so my my could have used more Ruby this, Rod. More Ruby Rod. Well, I mean, that's true of every film that doesn't have Ruby <laughs> yeah, Rod. Yeah, Alien was sadly lacking in Ruby Rod as well. I think if only Ruby Rod had been there, this would have went down way different. Because first of all, he would have seduced the alien. He... <laughs> I got five space huggers on It's, me. it's a totally care. different movie. It's definitely a totally different movie once you insert Ruby <laughs> Rod into Rod it. Space. Yeah. Oh, God. I love these final thoughts. <laughs> Any final thoughts with Ruby Rod in them and HR Giger and sharing the same concept space? So yeah, aside from the glaring absence of Ruby Rod, this movie had everything that I love in it. Uh, and it's one of my favorite movies. Like I said, I watch it pretty much constantly. Um, yeah, so those those are my final thoughts. I kind of can't stop having final thoughts about this movie. It always does something new for me when I watch it. It lives in my head forever. I have weird, weird dreams starring elements of this movie. Like, um, yeah, I love I love Alien. I absolutely love it. You know, to, to go off one of your thoughts, too, the, about the corporation being this invisible chess player in the background, it, it really struck me watching it this time, how when you have that pan kind of across the bridge, just... You had a little display on the screen, which the first time you're watching, you don't know means anything. But that is the orders from the corporation yes, arriving. Yes. The way, mm -hmm. the way it's like, I was like really struck by it. it's like, oh yeah, this is this is them changing the coordinates and where the ship's going and all mm -hmm. of that. And so yeah, it it that that is really the first action in the movie is the corporation, which is mm -hmm. which is great. I just love the way that. <laughs> 
that is inserted there. Well, actually, the uh, and doing another gaming moment for me because I, I, I've got to. I'm in a very gaming headspace. My Kickstarter finished today, so like I'm all excited about that. But yeah. um, the the way the corporation, the Whale Yutani, operates in this movie, where you never really see them directly until the sequel, and even then they're they're really kind of in the it's background. Paul Reiser players. is like the face of the corporation. Yeah, he's, right? <laughs> see, well, it's more humanized with a face yeah. to it, though, right? Oh, I like um, it. I think like Paul the... Reiser is one of the best things about Aliens. Oh, I yeah. Finished. No, Aliens uh, is amazing. Yeah. We, sh- we probably should do... It's more of an action movie, but we really should yeah. do that at some point. At some point, um, yeah. But uh, but they actually... The, the way it's handled in this movie taught me how to play really subtle, like, master manipulator villains. Uh, mm. Because <laughs> you never do them openly. You always have, like, their agents or spies or, like, someone, like... Sp- one of my favorite tricks to pull was anytime the players would do something really obvious that would draw the attention of an evil, like mega bad guy like that, I would always have them notice someone watching them very pointedly and then leaving suddenly. <laughs> so like there was always the spy network constantly on them and they were so paranoid by the time they got to that dude. See, that way, that wonderful. way your players don't kill your villain, like within five minutes of you introducing him too. Right. And the second fun. you put him in front of the, the PCs, like <laughs> it's a paper tiger, right? Cause they'll find a way yeah. to kill. Him. Uh, but until, but if they can't, if they cannot come to grips with them, if he's just the shadowy presence that's making life worse for them, mm-hmm. they've oh man, they, they love to hate that guy or maybe they just hate him. I don't care. It's the, it's their problem. Take that players. <laughs> Um, so yeah so why don't we why don't we uh end there and we'll be back on next week i think we're going to be either doing what event horizon or life force for those are next two films yeah. that we were talking about yeah. um, like, have i ever seen life force i don't remember if i have or not no, you have we've talked about it before you, you are, are the person who's not you are it, in so. for a treat life force well, is... we, we might do life force next thing because i like i like being the guy that doesn't know what he's getting into and that's always okay. a lot of fun for me yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, we've all seen Event Horizon, so I guess we've all seen this. So I guess do a movie one of us hasn't seen next. So yeah. Okay, Life so Force. we'll go for a Life Force. All right. Um, and uh, and yeah, yeah. so uh, you know, it's, the movie is Alien. It's it's available to rent on Prime. We had to rent it. It wasn't something you can see for free. So. It is on HBO HBO Max. Oh, is uh, it? That's what okay. It. So, so yeah, if you have. I'm getting a lot of reasons the HBO Max lately. I don't want to like give them free advertising space, but they've got some quality programming. So I mean, they have. They also have like a whole Turner Classic Movies selection on HBO Max too, which I didn't know when I tried my free trial. But I was like, wow, this is even better than I expected. You pay so, us money, HBO Max. Come on. Exactly. Uh, exactly. So, all right. So we will end it there, and until next time, we will talk to you later. <laughs>